So we've got to uh, chapter, or sorry, section 5L, 5L of Heaven on Earth by Thomas Brooks, this wonderful book on Christian assurance. Uh, and uh, this is the final section of this chapter, chapter 5. Uh, originally I was going to read it through in one go, but it's um, a massive chapter full of the most um, wonderful teaching. Uh, and so we've got now to the final section. And this is Things That Accompany Salvation, Hope. Now in the eighth place I shall show very briefly, one, that hope doth accompany salvation. Two, what that hope is that doth accompany salvation. Three, what are the properties of hope? The nature of hope. That hope doth accompany salvation, these scriptures plainly show. Romans 8.24, we are saved by hope. Galatians 5.5, for we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Ephesians 1.18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. 1 Thessalonians 5.8, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. Titus 3.7, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Chapter 1-2, um, and Titus, I think that must be again. In hope of eternal life, which God, ca that cannot lie, promised before the world began. By all these scriptures, it doth fully appear that hope doth accompany salvation. It doth border upon eternal life. Hope expects and waits patiently for promised good. The second thing that I'm going to show you is what hope that is that doth accompany salvation that comprehends salvation, and that I shall do with as much brevity and perspicuity as I can in the following particulars. First, that hope that accompanies salvation is a grace of God, whereby we expect good to come, waiting patiently till it come. One, I call it a grace of God, because he is the donor of it, and therefore he is called the God of hope. Romans 15.13 Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. God is called the God of hope because he is the only object of our hope and the only author and worker of hope in the soul. Hope is no natural affection in men. Men are not born with hope in their hearts as they are born with tongues in their mouths. Hope is nobly descended. It is from above. It is a heavenly babe that is formed in the soul of man by the power of the Holy Ghost. Thus hope is not a natural affection, so hope is not a moral virtue which men may attain by their frequent actions, but hope is the theological virtue that none can give but God. 2. I say it is a grace of God, whereby we expect good to come. I say good, not evil, for evil is rather feared than hoped for by any. The object of his hope hath four qualities. It must be a good hope, it must be a thing of the future, it must be possible, and it must be difficult to obtain. I say hope is a grace of God, whereby we expect good to come, patiently waiting till it come. Hope makes the soul quiet and patient till it comes to possess the good desired and hoped for. Romans 8.25 But if we hope for that we see not, then, then do we with patience wait for it. The Hebrew word that is often translated hope signifies a very vehement intention, both of body and mind, a stretching forth of the spirit or mind in waiting for a deserved, desired good. 
Secondly, that hope that accompanies salvation is always conversant about holy and heavenly objects as about God and Christ. 1 Timothy 1, 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Saviour and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. In these words, Christ is set forth as the chief object of our hope, because by his merits and mercy we hope to obtain the remission of our sins and the eternal salvation of our souls. Sometimes hope is exercised about the righteousness of Christ. Galatians 5.5 For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Sometimes hope is exercised about God the Father. 1 Peter 1.21 Who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead, and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Jeremiah 14.8 O the hope of Israel, the Saviour therefore in the time of trouble. Chapter 17.13 O Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed. Verse 17 Thou art my hope in the day of evil. Sometimes hope is exercised and busied about the word and promises. Psalm 119.49 Remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. Verse 81 My soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. Verse 114 Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. Psalm 130 verse 5 I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. Psalm 119, 74 They that fear thee will be glad when they see me, because I have hoped in thy word. Verse 147 I prevented the dawning of the morning and cried. I hoped in thy word. Hope in the promise will keep the head from aching, and the heart from breaking. It will keep both head and heart from sinking and drowning. Hope exercised upon the promise brings heaven down to the earth. The promises are the ladder by which hope gets up to heaven. Hope in the promise will not only keep life and soul together, but will also keep the soul and glory together. Hope in the promise will support distressed souls. Hope in the promise will settle perplexed souls. Hope in the promise will comfort dejected souls. Hope in the promise will restore wandering souls. Hope in the promise will confirm staggering souls. Hope in the promise will save undone souls. The promise is to hope as hope is to the soul. The promise is the anchor of hope, as hope is the anchor of the soul. Look what the breasts are to the child, and oil is to the lamp, that the, promise, that the promises are to hope. Romans 8.24 Hope lives and thrives as it feeds upon the, prom, upon the promises, as it embraces the promises. The promises are the sweetmeats of heaven, upon which hope lives. And every degree of hope brings a degree of joy into the soul, which makes it cry out, Heaven, heaven, Hebrews 11.13, Psalm 16, verse 11, Titus 3.7. Again, hope is exercised about the glory and felicity, the happiness and blessedness that is at God's right hand, Titus 2.13. Looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Saviour, Jesus Christ, Hope makes a man stretch out his neck and put forth his hand and look as earnestly for the glorious appearing of Christ as Sisera's mother did for the happy return of her son. The hoping soul is often a sighing out. Why are his chariot wheels so long a coming? Colossians 1.5 For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, 
hope in this place is taken by a metonymy for the things hoped for, that is, all that glory and felicity, that blessedness and happiness that is laid up for us in heaven. So in Romans 8.24 and 25, Colossians 1.27 and Romans 5 verse 2, so too in Hebrews 6 verse 18, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Hope here is put for the object of hope, that is heaven and happiness. Hope lays such fast hold as the Greek word here signifies, upon heaven and happiness, that none shall ever be able to take those precious things out of hope's hand. So hope is put for the glorious things. Hope for, Ephesians 1.18, and thus you see those precious and glorious objects about which that hope that accompanies salvation is exercised. Thirdly, the hope that accompanies salvation, that comprehends salvation, that borders upon salvation, is grounded upon the firmest foundations, to wit, the promises of God. Proverbs 10.28 As hath been fully showed before, and it is built upon the free grace of God, 1 Peter 1.13. It is built upon the infinite and glorious power of God, Romans 4.21. It is built upon the truth and faithfulness of God, 2 Timothy 2.13. These precious and glorious foundations do bear up the hopes of the saints as the pillars bore up the hangings in the tabernacle. A believer's hope is founded upon the love of Christ, the blood of Christ, the righteousness of Christ, the satisfaction of Christ and the intercession of Christ. But the hopes of hypocrites and wicked men are always built upon weak, slender and sandy foundations. Sometimes they build their hopes upon their outward profession upon their having lamps, though they are empty lamps, Matthew 25.3, and sometimes upon their duties and services, as the Jews, scribes and Pharisees did, Isaiah 58.1-3, Matthew 6.1-2, and sometimes upon their outward privileges, crying out, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are we, and sometimes they build their hopes upon others' good opinion of them, and sometimes upon flashes of joy, and sometimes upon enlargements in duties, and sometimes upon the heat and vigour of their spirits in religious services, and so on. All these are but sandy foundations, and they that build their hope upon them will certainly fall, and great will be their fall. The hopes of the saints are built upon the surest and strongest foundations. It was a good saying of one of the ancients, I consider, saith he, that three things in which all my hope consisteth to wit one God's love in my adoption, the truth of his promise, and three his power of performance. Therefore let my foolish cogitation murmur as long as it list, saying, Who art thou, or what is that glory, or by what merits dost thou hope to attain it? For I can answer with sure confidence, I know whom I have believed, to Timothy one twelve. And I am certain, first, that in his love he adopted me, secondly, that he is true in his promise, and thirdly, that he is able to perform it. This is the threefold cord which is not easily broken. The properties of hope. The third thing I am going to show is what are the properties of hope. That hope that accompanies salvation, that borders upon salvation, that comprehends salvation, that brings salvation, may be known from all false hopes by the excellent properties of it, and they are these that follow. 1. It raises the heart to live above. 1. The first property of that hope that accompanies salvation is this. 
It elevates and raises the heart to live above where its treasure is. This hope is from above and it makes the heart to live above. It is a spark of glory and it leads the heart to live in glory. Divine hope carries a man to heaven for life to quicken him and for wisdom to direct him and for power to uphold him and for righteousness to justify him and for holiness to sanctify him and for mercy to forgive him and for assurance to rejoice him and for happiness to crown him. Divine hope takes in the pleasures of heaven beforehand. It lives in the joyful expectation of them. It fancies to itself, as I may say, the pleasures and joys of eternity, and lives in a sweet anticipation of what it possesseth by faith. Hopes, richest treasures, and choicest friends, and chiefest delights, and sweetest contents are in the country above, and therefore hope loves best to live there most. 2. It strengthens the soul against afflictions and temptations. The second property of that hope that accompanies salvation is this. It will strengthen the soul against all afflictions, oppositions and temptations. 1 Thessalonians 5.8 But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. Look as the helmet defends and secures the head, so doth hope defend and secure the heart. Hope is a helmet that keeps all darts off all darts that Satan or the world casts at the soul. The hopes of heavenly riches made those worthies in Hebrews 11 to despise the riches of this world. The hopes they had of a heavenly country made them willing to leave their own country and to live in very, the very land of promise as in a strange country. The hopes they had of possessing at last a house not made with hands but eternal in the heavens made them willingly and cheerfully live in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. The hopes they had of glorious resurrection made them courageously to withstand the strongest temptations. Romans 5 verses 2 to 5. The saint's hope will outlive all fears and cares, all trials and troubles, all afflictions and temptations. The saints have much in hope, though little in hand. They have much in reversion, though but little in possession. They have much in promise, though but little in the purse. A saint can truly say, Spero meliora. I hope for better things. My hopes are better than my possessions. Hope can see heaven through the thickest clouds. Hope can see light through darkness, life through death, smiles through frowns and glory through misery. Hope holds life and soul together. It holds Christ and the soul together. It holds the soul and the promises together. It holds the soul and heaven together. And so it makes a Christian to stand and triumph over all afflictions, oppositions and temptations. 3. It makes the soul lively and active. The third property of that hope that accompanies salvation is this. It makes the soul lively and active. Psalm 119 verse 166. Lord, I have hope for thy salvation and done thy commandments. Hope puts the soul upon doing, upon obeying. 1 Peter 1 verse 3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It is called a lively hope because it brings life and comfort into the soul. It is called a lively hope in opposition to the withering and dying hopes of hypocrites and wicked men. It is called a lively hope because it flows from lively causes, that is, the Spirit of Christ. 
and the soul's union and communion with Christ, but mainly it is called a lively hope because it puts the soul upon lively endeavours. Hope will make a man pray as for life, hear as for life, mourn as for life, obey as for life, and work and walk as for life. Hope will not say this work is too hard, and that work is too hot, this work is too high, and the other work is too low. Hope will make a man put his hand to every work. Hope makes a man more motion than notion. It makes a man better at doing than at saying. Hope gives life and strength to all religious duties and services. 1 Corinthians 9.10 He that ploweth should plough in hope, and he that thresheth in hope shall be partaker of his hope. Hope will put a Christian upon ploughing and threshing, that is, upon the hardest and most difficult services for God and his glory. If fleshly hopes of gaining the honours, riches and favours of this world made Absalom, Ahithophel, Jehu, Haman and many heathens full of life and activity, full of motion and action, verily holy and heavenly hopes will make men much more lively and active. But how much heavenly hopes are more excellent than earthly? A man full of hope will be full of action. A lively hope and a diligent hand are inseparable companions. Hope will make a man do, though he dies for, no, for, though he dies for doing. 4. It gives the believer great quietness. The fourth property of that hope that accompanies salvation is this. It will make a man sit, no alike, quiet and still in the midst of all storms and tempests, in the midst of all commotions, concussions and mutations. When others are at their wit's end, then hope will house the soul and lodge it fair and quiet in the bosom of God. Job 11:18. And thou shalt be secure because there is hope. Yea, thou shalt dig about thee, and thou shalt take thy rest in safety. The Hebrew word that is here rendered rest is from a root that signifies to rest and sleep quietly as in one's bed. Hope will bring the soul to bed safely and sweetly in the darkest night, in the strongest storm, and in the greatest tempest. Hebrews 6.19 Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. Hope is that anchor of the soul that keeps it quiet and still in all storms and tempests. It keeps the soul from dashing upon the rocks and from being swallowed up in the sands. Hope is an anchor that is fastened above, not below, in heaven, not in earth, within the veil, not without. Therefore the ship, the soul of a believer, must needs be safe and secure. That ship will never be split upon the rocks whose anchor is in heaven. Hope enters within the veil and takes fast anchor hold on God himself. And therefore, blow high, blow low, rain or shine, the soul of a saint is safe. Divine hope settles the heart. He that cannot look for more than he hath can never be settled nor satisfied. Our best and greatest estate lies in invisibles. Our perfect and complete estate here lies not in what we have in possession, but in what we have in expectation, in reversion. 5. It causes the soul to wait patiently for delayed mercy. The fifth property of that hope that accompanies salvation is this. It will work the soul to a quiet and patient waiting upon God for mercy, though God should delay the giving of mercy. Romans 8.25 But if we hope for that we see not, then we do we with patience wait for it. Psalm 135 and 6 I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. 
I say more than they that watch for the morning. Hope will make a man wait. Yea, wait long for a mercy, as it did Abraham, Romans 4, verses 18 to 24. Though the visions say, yet hope will wait for it. Habakkuk 2, verses 1 to 3. Yet a little, little while, says hope, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Hebrews 10, verses 36 and 37. The longer I wait for mercy, the greater, better and sweeter at last the mercy will prove, says hope. It is not mercy if it be not worth waiting for, says hope. And if it be a mercy, thou canst not wait too long for it, says hope. The men of Bethulia resolved to wait upon God but five days longer, but deliverance stayed seven days and yet came at last. So says hope, though deliverance stay, though this and that mercy stays, as it were in the birth, Yet it will come at last, therefore wait. Hope is not hasty in prefixing the time when God shall show mercy, neither will it limit God to the way or manner of showing mercy, but leaves both the time and the manner to him that is wise and faithful. Says Hope, Christ knows his own time, and his own time is best. Though he stays long, yet he will certainly come, and he will not stay a moment beyond the time he hath prefixed, and therefore says hope, be not weary, O soul, but still wait patiently upon the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 1, 3. 3. Remembering with outceasing your work of faith and labour of love and patience of hope. Hope is the mother of patience and the nurse of patience. Hope breeds patience and hope feeds patience. If it were not for hope, the heart would die, and if it were not for hope, patience would die. Look as faith gives life and strength to hope, so doth hope give life and strength to patience. Therefore patience is called patience of hope. Hope maintains patience as the fuel maintains the fire. 6. It purifies the soul. The sixth property of that hope that accompanies salvation is this. It is soul-purifying hope. It puts a Christian upon purifying himself as Christ is pure. 1 John 3 verse 3 And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as Christ is pure. Divine hope runs out into holiness. He that hath the purest and strongest hopes of being saved is most studious and laborious to be sanctified. The Greek word that is rendered purified is a metaphor taken either from the ceremonial purifications in time of the law or else from goldsmiths purifying metals from their dross. And it teaches us that those that have hopes to reign with Christ in glory, those that have set their hearts upon that pure and blissful state, that paradise, that holy and spiritual state of bliss and purity, will purify both their insides and outsides, both body and soul, that they may answer to that excellent copy that Christ hath set before them, knowing that none shall enjoy everlasting glory, but those that labour after perfect purity. Now hope purifies the heart and life thus by keeping the purest objects as God, Christ, the Word and the soul together, and by making the soul serious and conscientious in the use of all soul-purifying ordinances, and by being a fire in the soul to burn up all those corruptions and principles of darkness that are contrary to that purity and glory that hope hath in her eye, and by enabling the soul to lean upon Christ, to live in Christ, and to draw purifying virtue from Christ, who is the spring and fountain of all purity and sanctity. Thus hope purifies those that expect to be like Christ in glory. 7. It never dies. 
The seventh property of that hope that accompanies salvation and that comprehends salvation is this. It is permanent and lasting. It will never leave the soul till it hath lodged it in the bosom of Christ. Proverbs 14 verse 32. The righteous hath hope in his death. The righteous man's hope will bed and board with him. It will lie down with him and will rise up with him. It will go to the grave and to heaven with him. His motto is, Cum expiro spiro. When I breathe my last, I hope. Amen. The Jews' ancient custom was, as they went by the way with a corpse to burial, to pluck up every one of the grass as though they would say they were not sorrowing as men without hope, for their brother has, was but so cropped off and should spring up again in the morning of the resurrection. And the Jews to this very day do not hesitate to call their sepulchres the houses or places of the living. That hope that accompanies salvation is a long-lived hope. It is a living hope. 1 Peter 1.3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope, or a living hope, a hope that will not die, a hope that will not leave a man in life nor death. Psalm 71.14 but I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. No trials, no troubles, no afflictions, no oppositions shall keep down my hope, says David. I am resolutely resolved in the face of all dangers, difficulties and deaths to keep up my hopes. Come what will, I will rather let my life go than my hope go. I will hope continually. A hopeless condition is a very sad condition. It is the worst condition in the world. It makes a man's life a very hell. If hope deferred maketh the heart sick, as the wise man speaks, Proverbs 13.12, then the loss of hope will make the soul languish. It will make it choose strangling rather than life. It will make a man's life a continual death. The soul without hope is like a ship without anchors. Lord, where will a soul stay that stays not upon thee by hope? A man had better part with anything than his hope. When Alexander went upon a hopeful expedition, he gave away his gold, and when he was asked what he kept for himself, he answered, Spem majorum et meliorum, the hope of greater and better things. A believer's hope is not like that of Pandora, which may fly out of the box and bid the soul an everlasting farewell. No, it is like the morning light, the least beam of it shall shortly yield to a complete sunshine. It is aurora gaudii, the dawn of joy, and it shall shine forth brighter and brighter till it hath given the believer full possession of his Christ and crown. This will be the hypocrite's hell and horror when he comes to die, that his hope will be like the morning dew, like the spider's web, like the crackling of thorns under a pot, and like the giving up of the ghost. The hypocrite's hell and horror, yes. Job 8, 13 and 14 and eleven twenty and 27, 8. Proverbs 14.32 and 11.7 And this is now the upright man's joy, that whoever and whatever leaves him, yet his hope will not leave him, till he hath put upon his crown and set down in paradise. And thus you see what hope that is that doth accompany salvation. Before I close this chapter, take these two cautions with you. They will make for your comfort and settlement. The first caution is this, that all saints have not these things that accompany company salvation in the same degree if thou hast the least measure or degree of that knowledge that accompanies salvation or of that faith that accompanies 
salvation or of that repentance or of that obedience or of that love that accompanies salvation thou mayest be as assuredly confident of thy salvation as if thou wast already in heaven the least degree o christian of those things that accompany salvation will certainly yield thee a heaven hereafter and why then should it not yield thee a heaven here it will undoubtedly yield thee a crown at last and why should it not yield thee comfort and assurance now i judge it may if thou art not an enemy to thine own soul and to thine own peace and comfort two the second caution is this though thou dost not find every one of those things in thee that do accompany salvation yet if thou dost find some of those things i though but a few of those things yea though but one of those things that accompanies salvation that comprehends salvation that borders upon salvation thy state is safe and happiness will be thy portion at last thy sense and feeling of one of those precious things that accompanies salvation should be of more power to enable thee to conclude that thy estate is good than any other thing should enable thee to conclude that all is naught and that thou shalt miscarry at last do not always side with sin and satan against thine own precious soul having thus opened up to you the way and means of attaining to a well-grounded assurance i shall now hasten to a close chapter six is entitled the differences between a true and a counterfeit assurance, between sound assurance and presumption. And we will uh, close the book uh, by reading this next time. Oh no, there's a chapter 7. Um, answers to several special questions about assurance. Anyway, we've come to the end of chapter 5 after a very long and very, very good, and very blessed um, uh, um, trail.